Hey, this is Jeremy, and you're listening to Bucket Talk, powered by Brunt. We're here with Tim Euler of Pioneer Builders. Tim has over 20 years' experience framing houses. Listen in as he shares insight into what he's learned over the years. This is Bucket Talk, a weekly podcast for people who work in the trades and construction that aren't just trying to survive, but have the ambition and desire to thrive. The opportunity in the trades and construction is absolutely ridiculous right now. So if you're hungry, it's time to eat. We discuss what it takes to rise from the bottom to the top with people who are well on their way and roll up their sleeves every single day. Today we're here with Tim Euler of Pioneer Builders. He also has the Instagram handle Awesome Framers. Tim, welcome. Nice to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. So we're going to dive into framing. You're a framer by trade, correct? Correct. Yep. And, uh, you know, I wanted to get a little background on, on how you came to be a framer. I mean, so my brother-in-law, he's a framer by trade, came over, came over from Ireland. And, you know, that's kind of the, the things that uh, he did over there was carpentry. And, you know, it came to the States and, and did everything in, in New York City and, and the Northeast. And how, how did you get started? Uh, so my dad started building in the late 70s on his own. He worked for a, um, like a production builder in the early to mid 70s. Yep. So I just grew up basically with a hammer in my hand. I would drive around with him, any tools that were laying around or blocks of wood, and I just nailed them together. So <laughs> it has just been in my blood. That's just yeah. what I wanted to do, and I, I really enjoy it. That's awesome. So uh, when when did you get started? Like, At what age did you jump into the business and, and, and start doing the math and, and really working the job sites? I think, man, I was trying to think of this last week. I remember spending spring break in, I think, eighth or ninth grade. So whenever that Aerosmith album came out with, um, oh, I forget the name of that album now. But anyway, the young guy that I worked with, he was a few years yep. older than me. He, we would just, he would blast the truck radio all day long. We jump-started at night. And just, that was my spring break, working in the rain. I remember hanging off top plates to hang fascia and just being scared out of my mind. But I thought it was so cool to be with the guys that I just would use all my school breaks to just go out and work. So you're in the you're in the northwest, correct? Of the yep, United yep. States. Yeah, just um west of Seattle. So I, it was funny because I was I was watching some of uh, your your YouTube videos and things that we have for building up here is different from building that you have out there. Were snow loads and and mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. But you know, I was watching a, a you put together a staircase and doing flooring and you're talking about you know seismic activity so that's that i thought that was pretty cool that your building stuff has a lot has, is, is a little bit different than than northeast code yeah yeah so in fact um one of the reps from simpson strong tie came out today and we were talking about that so we're seismic zone d2 mm-hmm. which as my brother always said basically what that means is we're going to get a big earthquake at some point <laughs> we just they they predict like a 10 percent chance of the big one you know, in the next 50 years. So yeah. we design around that. So it's it's not too complicated for us compared to California, but it's yeah. more hardware than I think a, a good chunk of the country sees. But in our <laughs> particular spot here west of Seattle, we're a very mild climate. We yep. get lots of rain, not a lot of heat, not a lot of snow. Uh, obviously closer to the mountains you do, but we just, um, we just design for that earthquake that might happen, whereas the rest of the country has to design for that hurricane that will happen or that snowstorm that will happen. So that's pretty cool. And, and, and how do you, how, do, you know, I, I, I saw an episode where you were, were talking about how, you know, it's just being on the job and learning and then passing on the knowledge and, 
and trying to inform the the next group of people coming up. But these are some big these are some big topics in the building industry that you t- that you talk about. That how do you how do you stay up on on your on, on all the information that you need to do to from from math to structure from engineering? I mean, as a framer. Um, how, how do you stay current in your trade? That is a good question because almost none of us go to school for it. So what I find, my dad was always a big subscriber to like all of the trade magazines, builder magazines, and his philosophy always was if you learn one thing that that subscription was worth it. So yeah. we've always done the trade shows and that kind of thing. So I grew up reading Journal of Light Construction. Mm-hmm. And then back in the early 2000s, probably 2003, I went to JLC's website one day and I was like, oh, they have a construction forum. And that really, uh, probably over like the next two or three years after that, both Fine Home Building's Break Time Forum and JLC's forum just ended up being a place where a lot of guys from all over the country seemed to gather and just talk the trade. Yeah. And I learned a ton from that. So I would say the magazine and then the authors all spent time on the forums. And it was so- almost real-time feedback where you could ask a question and get an, you know, Get I go check my email to see if anybody responded, and so it was. It was mostly that the magazines, and then I guess just the internet, for lack of a better yeah. expression. Yeah. So, so I want to ask you kind of a personal question. Uh, did you did you go from high school into the trades? Did you go to college? Do you do you have another skill set? So the idea was both my brother and I. We did the community college. Yep. He was smart enough to do Running Start. I did two years after my senior year in, in high school. So we were actually at the community college together. Yeah. So we took like accounting and that kind of stuff. And I just did not like, I was ready to be done with school. Mm-hmm. And he, he really enjoyed that kind of stuff. So he definitely gravitated more to the business side. Yep. And I just loved being hands-on. So, you know, once that two years was up. So I've got my AA with accounting. Of course, <laughs> I don't remember any of it, but I just really loved being on the job site. So it's kind of a little bit of both. I didn't do the university thing, but got a little bit of education, a little bit more math and, and writing, which actually, in hindsight now, I realize just taking English 101 and 102, I had a good 102 teacher. And then when yep. I got asked to start writing for the magazine, I was like, oh, well, that was that was kind of a nice little turn of events. At least well, I got, it, got some training. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny because there's a, you know, from from dealing, you know, whether you're in a, a Ford a customer facing role, um, being able to speak, read, write, uh, actually just write legibly. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is always a plus in our industry. I mean, I have some great mechanics that, you know, that I've worked with in the past that when they wrote something down, you're like, what does, what does, what does that say? And, and it just, you know, it makes the job just a little bit harder, but it, it is nice to, to be polished a little bit on, on those, uh, skills that you wouldn't think. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent. There's, there's a young guy that's gotten pretty popular on YouTube and he's got a pretty decent Instagram following and I won't say his name, you know, he's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. But he dropped out of high school and he spends a lot of time on his feeds talking about how you could make good money in the trades without an education. And I understand what he's saying. Like, you don't need to get a Harvard education to become Correct. a farmer. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's almost encouraging people to drop out of high school if that's not for you and just go into the trades. And I hear where he's coming from. But the polish that you mentioned, like being able to speak to an inspector or an engineer, or like, I'll give you an example. We had the sheriff called on us. We've got one neighbor on the job that we're on that just <laughs> freaks out if anybody's fender is hanging over the the, uh, the road there. It's just a, a little community. Yep, yep. And so he, every single time, I mean, literally an inch, I have him on camera getting upset at us. And so 
being able to even communicate with the two sheriff's deputies when they come out and make sure that they feel like they're at ease, that when we come out, we're not those guys that have meth teeth or, you know, just, just have that look of somebody who's maybe been around the block <laughs> one too many yeah. times. Yeah. I mean, you're 100% right. I mean, and, and you could be good at your craft, but you mm-hmm. know, just learning numbers. So I'm back, I'm back in college myself and I'm learning, you know, Excel and, and more writing and trying to get more managerial, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, you know, be able to lead. But, you know, when you lead as, as a, as a, you know, the head framer or head foreman or, or whatever you want to call it in your industry, it's nice to be able to help people outside the trade. So the guys that you have from, Hey boss, uh, I, I don't know what a routing number is. Can you help me out with that? You know what yeah, I mean? It, yeah. it, and, it, and it's funny. Or, or even now I got, I got um, you know, people from other countries that, that work with us, and, and, and they can't call customer service on, on the tool account that they have. And so you're sitting there talking with customer service, trying to decipher you know, their account information and everything. So it's, just, it's nice to be able to be a little bit more polished. I agree with that. And it, what it does is like in this particular case, the neighbor – you know, he comes out, he's all upset. He's like, I'm going to call the sheriff. And it's like, go for it. <laughs> I don't, we haven't done anything wrong. I mean, you're talking about one inch. I mean, we'll move the car. That's not a big deal, but go ahead Correct. and call him. So he's come out a couple times, different sheriffs. And just being able to articulate yourself without being, you know, I always call these guys berserkers where they're just ready to go insane. Right. And just, and, and the, the neighbors appreciate that kind of stuff. The inspectors, the other trades. I don't really care where it's at when you can present yourself well and show that you respect other people. And not to say that that's something that you just learned going through college or high school or anything else. But I think that when you're forced to deal with more people, you get better at that. Yes. And, and, and education isn't necessarily a, a, uh, you know, in a classroom setting either. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's, that's something that, yeah, you can drop out of high school and, and, and learn on the job and, and become one of the best, customer face. You could, you could own a business. There's tons of people mm-hmm. out there that do it. But to say that they stopped learning is, is, is untrue. And, and education comes in many forms. And whether it's you know, online learning at night, that doesn't amount to a college degree. But whether it's, like you said, studying, the, you know, talking to people on the forums or going to trade shows or, or just or staying current, I think education is very important. It's just not one size fits all. And I agree with that completely. Yeah, and I, 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 that's one thing. I, I, I'm not a social media guy. I never had a Facebook account. I don't. I just there's something about the look of that website that I just never liked from the beginning. Yeah. And so I wasn't interested. Instagram, I got into for, t- for photography because that's my hobby. And then my editor at, at the trade magazine was like, "I think you should take this more seriously." And our, our account was just a joke. Yeah. But what I found is is that what some of us think of as education, it's a four year university, it's Ivy League, it's whatever. But learning is really what we're trying to promote. And that comes, like you're saying, in so many different ways. And Instagram, ironically, to me, is one of those great ways to learn because uh, there's a guy named Steve Basic back east in uh, Massachusetts. He's an architect. Okay. And, and I can direct message him with questions and he gets back to me. And so he where, worked. Where's he out of? Because I'm actually from Massachusetts. Oh, I'd have to look up. Uh, oh, no worries, no at. worries. I'll, I'll I'll definitely look him up. I mean, yeah, and I can send it to you. But yeah, super approachable. Mm-hmm. He's a um, he's an architect that worked with Building Science Corporation. Okay. So this like papers that we read on building science and like um, uh, how to make the house weather tight, but you know, energy efficient. And it's like, wait a minute, I can go 
to a guy that worked with the guy that wrote all these papers that we're all kind of basing our work off of over a social media platform, or I can talk to another builder, or I can talk to manufacturers and get information much quicker than I could calling. Right. It's the, it's kind of the weirdest thing, but it's making all of us better. Like we're being exposed to, like you said earlier, the way you guys are building where you're at versus us. There's guys around the country or in Canada that, are, that had never heard of a lot of the stuff, but then they'll post something that I've never heard of. And it just, it's almost like musical influence. If you only ever tried to be um, Eddie Van Halen, you would just sound like Eddie Van Halen. But if you listen to Jimi Hendrix and Eddie Van Halen and you listen to classical music and all this, you just are better as oh, a musician. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing in the trades. Like I don't have that much day-to-day contact with plumbers, but I follow some. And so at least I get kind of an introduction into to what all goes on besides making sure the toilet flushes. Well, but you know, in, in in the building industry, I think for you, and, and I think it's very important to understand what the next guy is going to be doing, even, even on a basic mm-hmm. scale, because there's a good chance that you're going to build relationships. You're going to work with these people. It's going to make, you know, tight schedules easier because you could work alongside the plumber versus the plumber coming in later and doing all his stuff. But But knowing what his steps are going to be creates a lot of creates less steps for him in turn making him yeah. more money. So yeah. I think I think that that's very important. I mean that's one of the common things that I hear cuz you know I'm I'm like the barber shop of of the trades, you know, they come get their car repaired at at my shop and and, and you hear them, you know, bitching about this or this or this <laughs> and and that's one of the biggest things. Oh, you know, I had to move we had to get the 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 framer to come and and move this because, you know, the electrical wasn't right or you know, the, the drywaller covered up all my electrical boxes or, or, and it's just, it's just amazing. The, the griping because just a little bit of misinformation or or a little less education. And if they just had that little bit, it would have, it would have gone a long way. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So what's a day in a life like for you? I mean, so first off, I'm very impressed with your, um, your audio or sorry, your visual, um, from video to, to still photographs. I mean, it's, it's almost like you have a camera crew on your job sites, which is amazing. But other than that, like, what do you go through on a daily basis? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, yeah. Every time somebody asks, they're like, Hey, what's new? Like, well, nothing. (laughs) So (laughs) not much changes. You know, I get up about five every morning and, and I like to, I've always liked the, uh, getting up early. It's just that naturally when I was a kid, I used to just be the first one up. And so I'd always, start the fire in the fireplace using way too much WD-40. And I'm surprised we didn't burn the house down. But I just like to get up, read a little bit, um, take my time, get to work. You know, we start about seven and we just work. All the video stuff is on a GoPro, which I can just clamp to a stud. And and it's it's super easy to use. Um, Frame throughout the day, come home, spend time with the wife. Uh, We're a religious family. So Tuesday nights and Saturdays and Sundays, we're usually tied up with that. And then it's just walking the dog and and reading and trying not to spend too much time on social media. Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome. And, and do you, it's a tough question, but do you actually enjoy what you do currently? I mean, is the love still there? Has the luster worn off? Yeah. You know, that's a good question. Cause there are days where I'm like, this is the dumbest job in the world. It's one problem after another, but most of the time I really like it because I like, we had to take the month of March off cause here in Washington, we had the stay-at-home order for the COVID. Yeah. And all of us have just been all messed up physically from kind of sitting around for a month. And I, I thought yeah. I was staying active. But one thing I really like about framing is staying active. 
You know, yeah. I'll be 43 in December, and I just don't want to. I can tell I'm slowing down a little bit, but I just want to stay active. So I'm fortunate where we can invest in tools and equipment that that minimize, you know, the repetitive stress type of stuff. But I just really like putting the tool bags on and just using a saw and a nail gun. And there's times where I'm working alone where the guys are sick or on different jobs. And I can just listen to my music. Ironically, like listening to like folk music sometimes will actually just put me in a good mood and you're singing. And it's like, even if the weather's bad, at the end of the day, you can see that you did something or this last winter was, was just rough. It was so wet. But when I look back at the pictures, I'm just like, yeah, but we dealt with it. We like, we didn't just go home like wimps. We, 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 we gutted it out. And so you get a sense of satisfaction of going, Oh, I didn't take the easy way out. <laughs> so what's amazing about what you just said, and and I and I love it, is you 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 said you're slowing down, and if you look at it a different way, are you becoming more efficient? Because I remember when I was first in the trades, and I was a complete mess, tools everywhere. I felt mm-hmm. like I was going 100 miles an hour in the wrong direction. I was always scrambling to get the job done. I was working my butt off, but yeah, I watched I watched the guy next to me probably. 50 years old and he's eating a banana looking out the door and he's billing more hours than me and i'm like how the hell does he do it and it, and as you get older you, you you're starting to realize you've you've done it enough it, the the job actually seems a little bit easier you're picking things up the right way or using yeah. you know the tools more than 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 your body i mean so being i guess slowing down do, do you find yourself actually being more efficient yeah, and that's kind of been a constant focus. You know, that's one thing about framing. I've ta- I have friends that have been superintendents in commercial, mm-hmm. and they said whenever they're looking for another guy to train as a superintendent, they look for framers because it is like pounded into our head. You never walk anywhere without something in your hand. Right. So if you have to walk back to the truck and, you know, grab your lunch, take a tool that you know you're not going to use the rest of the day. And, and <laughs> so that becomes second nature. Like this summer, we've had a young guy working with us for the summer while he's off school. And watching how hard he works for something super basic, it's just and my heart goes out to him because yeah. I remember just the struggle. And you're like, and so I'll show him how to lift things. That's kind of where some of the joy comes now. Is it's not at the end of the day saying, you know, I burned seven thousand calories running all day. It was right. like I didn't have to work that hard and got the same amount done because I'm more efficient now. Well, it's amazing. Like the the, the tricks I've learned. Uh, you know, I watch I watch one guy just just slam a, ha- uh, uh, a sledgehammer to a rotor and the rotor popped off. And I was like, that's a pretty neat trick. And, you know, all, the, all this time you're hammering from the backside, it won't come off and you're doing – so learning the little tips and tricks and the little shortcuts is, 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 is actually fun to teach. And, and as I'm getting older, I forget, you know, all the small shortcuts that I take for granted. Mm-hmm. are actually huge time savers for yeah. people <laughs> that coming in. So it, it's, it's hysterical. Um, and that that's part of what I love about social media is so when I was on the forums learning, I'm learning from guys that are probably older than I am now, but they were yes. willing to share. And I feel like it's my responsibility to almost like not just pay it forward, but the same spirit of generosity that they had. So if there's something that we learn, I put it on Instagram because I know it's going to help somebody. And if there's something we do stupid, I'm going to put it on Instagram because then people don't think that they're the only ones. I mean, we're, we make mistakes all the time. And so I like the, um, I like the community of sharing and I never liked hearing stories about in certain like commercial jobs, especially where everybody closely guarded their secrets. Yeah. And I understand, you know, you're trying to some, 
trying to keep some job security. But on the other hand, oh, if you're watching somebody just work their tail off and you and you can walk like we were, we did a uh, we had to tear out a it was like a remodel project that we had to tear out the stairs. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of out of work back in 08. So it was one of our kingdom halls where Jehovah's Witnesses. And so we were remodeling. And this guy, we called him Dave the Concrete Guy because he was a commercial guy. Yep. His name was Dave. And he worked concrete. So he walks over watching us struggle to rip out these um, stairs. And in a couple blows with the sledgehammer, he had the thing in pieces. And and my coworker and I, even now, 10 years later, we talk about how did Dave know exactly where to hit that? So that, I mean, we pounded on that thing with sledgehammers and jackhammers all afternoon. Of course, he may have just waited until he knew the right time and just, just to show off. (laughs) Who knows? But I just, I appreciate people who are willing to share their knowledge. And so many people have been generous with me that it's like, nope, let's pass this on, you know, keep it fun. So you, so you're a little bit older than me, but I I think we kind of grew up in the same time period. There wasn't really much along the lines. So, you know, growing up, it was you know, national news, local news, you know, mm-hmm. cartoons on Saturday. But we had, whatever, PBS, and, and you'd have Bob Vila, Norm Abrams, you'd have This Old House, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And it wasn't, it wasn't a lot. Like, you can go on, you can go on the internet now or, or go through your 9,000 channels on, on the TV and, and find all these, all these, you know, different DIY shows and what have you. But for us, it was like, one show, this old house. Yeah, and, yep. and it's, it's amazing that now we're, we're kind of doing the same thing and I like passing it on to the kids and, and trying to, to get them more involved. And I, I think it's great. I mean, even with my daughter now, it's, it's something that my parents did for me was teaching me to work with my hands a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is this something that you're going to do with your kids? I don't have any kids, but it's mm-hmm. it's something. So I've got three nieces from my sister, and then my brother's got two little boys and a and a little girl. Yeah. And so even the other day, we've got a Kubota mini excavator, and so Ethan happened to wake up early, and so my brother was like, going to make the rounds on the jobs, and he, he so he just took him with him and put him in the Kubota. I don't know. I love the idea of teaching kids to work with their hands. My yep. dad grew up on a farm in North Dakota, and and that work ethic. If it wasn't for just like age-related issues like arthritis and things, he would be working all day, every day because he just – you learn the value of work and that yep. sweating and accomplishment and organizing and cleanup and all those things that I hated at like five or six, I find the most pleasure in now. So I, I really think that that's something that either with my nieces and nephews or if I had my own kids, I would definitely want them working with their hands. Well, and, and I, I think – it, it, it was funny because I think that's like also the key to longevity too. I mean, yeah. I, other than, other than genetics, you see, uh, we have a, a local guy, I, he, I think he's in his nineties and he does small engine repair in the, in the area and he won't give it up. And that's a sense of purpose in life. And, and essentially until his body fails, which, you mm-hmm. know, that has everything to do with, with genetics, it won't prematurely fail because he wakes up every morning with a sense of purpose versus just, deteriorating if you will yeah we had a, um in the congregation that my wife grew up in it was an old guy he was an old logger named gene yeah and gene was probably in his 80s when i was talking to him and and he asked me what i do and i said oh i frame and work on houses and and he said you know i think that it's the best thing to be outside working he goes i'm convinced that i've lived this long and this healthy because i've lived that whole time in the woods you know and he lived in i think almost 90 and, and same thing, we've known old guys that were roofers that were still up there working on projects in their 80s, hand nailing almost as fast as guys could use a gun. Yeah. 
And it was just, uh, you know, I, that was my big fear was somehow getting injured. So we've always been real careful and, and take that stuff seriously. But I look at those guys and go, how long can I swing a hammer? Well, I think quite a long time. Yeah. And I want to keep being able to do it. I, I just, I'm with you sitting around editing video for the month that we were off. Just, I was like, what is going on? It's like that month aged me 10 years. Well, and, un- unfortunately for me, I've been off for five months because my children haven't, I were, we were like hard hit. And oh, yeah. So I go, I go back on, on, uh, I go back next week. So I'm actually looking forward very much to yeah. turning wrenches again. So, yeah, I mean, we, when we went back, we, um, it's been a struggle here for the last couple of years to find guys to do our concrete flat work, like driveways and slabs. Yeah. And I had done a little bit of it. We used to do that stuff when I was a kid, but I just mostly was labor. And so it's like, well, I think we can figure it out. And, and there's a couple of big concrete accounts on Instagram that have been super helpful. <laughs> yeah. So it was like that. We went straight from kind of sitting on, on our backsides for a month to doing concrete work. And it just felt so good to sweat. And it felt good to wake up the next morning with some aches. It was like, oh, we used muscles that haven't been used in a while. It just felt good. I feel like even emotionally or mentally with all the all the crazy stuff that's going on, besides pandemics and, and the normal stresses, like here in Seattle, it's been basically nonstop protesting and all that kind of stuff. And it's just yeah. everybody is on, a, on just the racer's edge. And I feel like just getting out there and sweating and working is a way to stay somewhat balanced and sane. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, there's there's something to be said about getting your hands dirty. I mean, I can't wait. These things are too pretty. I don't have any grime on <laughs> my, my fingernails, and it's killing me. Um, I've but, got a buddy. So, he's a um, septic designer, and they also do maintenance. And he said that every year all the office people get super sick, but all the yeah. guys out there pumping septics, he goes, none of them wear gloves. They eat their lunch while they're pumping. Those guys never get sick. So yeah. I think there is something for dirty hands. <laughs> exactly. Um, so – I want I want to I want to hear the 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 trade problems that you have because you know for for people listening I you know I want to I want to hear what you know influencers or or you know leaders in the in the trades are are doing to kind of get away from things you know bad or or what have you I mean and we talked about earlier how you know if you fly off the handle with a customer or you're just not well smoking. It's, spoken or you can't articulate mm-hmm. the situation that it, be, it, it makes your job harder and, and you may not you know you may be doing the right thing but you may not get that that recommendation later and and then in turn gives us a, a bad a bad look as as a tradesman so f- empowering the trades has kind of been my biggest thing and you know making us you know lifting us up putting us on a pedestal saying these guys are just as good as anybody else out there you know, as opposed to people looking down at us, calling us grease monkeys or, or, mm-hmm. or what have you. What are some unspoken trends or issues you're seeing in your trades? You know, I don't know. I, I feel like the, that the media and maybe social media to some extent in talking about the, um, the, the shortage in skilled labor, a lot more high school kids are looking to trade schools and the trades in general. Because often, especially with construction doing what it's doing, you could go work in a big city or work for the unions and make great money. Yeah. Learn a skill, you know, make a living wage while you're learning the skill, which there's a huge advantage, obviously, to that. Um, I just don't find personally, and it could just be the community that we're in, you know, we've got the Navy and the Naval Shipyard, and then there's a big um, Army base just like 45 minutes from us, and we've got the submarine base. And like those guys are known for being very smart. The Navy does not, they pick smart guys to be on submarines. And yep. so, and they're always very kind, well-spoken. 
So I feel like our community, it's almost, we're not an agricultural community, but whenever we go to Eastern Washington, you find that people don't look down on people who work with their hands in our area. I'm sure if I got into downtown Seattle, you could find some of that. But I just don't, sometimes I wonder, like, I know that sometimes people will, you know, they want their kids to become the doctor or the lawyer or whatever. But I really feel like people have opened up to the options beyond college. And just listening to some of the presidential candidates talk about the student loan crisis and this and that. And I've talked to people and asked them, why did you pick college? And they were like, well, it's because my guidance counselor. Yeah. I was like, but how did you end up with a hundred grand in debt in like a journalism degree? Like, what were you plan- What were you thinking you could do with that? And the answer is, they really weren't. They were just kind of going along. They were and doing so what I, they were supposed to be doing. Yeah, and what? They, and I remember my guidance counselors trying to tell me that too. And I mean, let's be honest, most framers don't end up with an Instagram account and, and you know write for a trade magazine. So I've been pretty fortunate as far as that goes. But I think that. I know that one thing that a lot of my followers on Instagram, I get messages. A lot of them are people that are not in construction at all. And what they're just fascinated by it for the same reason that we grew up watching Norm. I, I mean, my goal, my, I would have loved to have been Norm when I grew up. Mm-hmm. The idea is just working with wood and tools. And, and so I think people are super interested in that. And now they realize that it's not what you see on HGTV. There's a lot that goes into building a house and wiring a house and plumbing a house and then our equipment when it goes down we're not diesel mechanics but those guys got to know their thing and so i think people are, are maybe a more open to the amount of knowledge you have to have to be in any one of those given trades like right. i'm not i'm not a mechanic never been interested there's every time i talk to a guy that is i'm amazed at how much they know i picked up on what you said and i, and I thought for me i thought that this was one of the biggest trade problems was the fact that inadvertently the older generation pushed their, and that's why I asked, do you want your kids Mm -hmm. to go on the trade? And I think that for, for our fathers or grandfathers, they didn't want us to go in the trades because there was that prospect of going to college and, and doing more with your life as advertised, Mm -hmm. if you, if you will. And for a while that was true, but then it became oversaturated. Like it, like to be honest with you, if we pull everybody into the trades now and forget about college, the trades are going to be oversaturated. So I agree. There's this balance, but for, you know, let's call it the eighties, nineties and early two thousands. We pushed everybody away from the trades because I want my son to be a doctor or I want my daughter to be a lawyer or, or what have you. And, and, you know, you, I saw it in the military. Um, I saw that there was a – granted, the military became a little bit more efficient. So, so the numbers, the, the quotas that they needed mm-hmm. became less. But it was still harder to find people to get into the military because it was like, no, I don't want my son or daughter to go to battle. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and there's that aspect of it. But it, I think it was the whole – Parents and grandparents wanted more for their children, and they thought they were doing right by them. In turn, has created this huge void in the trades, which has in turn made being in the trades a more lucrative business. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah. I, I think – go ahead. Well, my dad was – you know, I, like I said, he grew up on a farm in North Dakota. He put himself through college. Yep. And then that was like, what, 1970, maybe late 1969. He did his year, 18 months in Vietnam. Yeah. And he could join as an officer because he was a college graduate in accounting. 
but he never pushed any of us three. So of the three of my brother, myself, and my sister, my sister took enough schooling to do like um, medical coding. And she makes good living. She can work from home, which has been great during the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, my brother, you know, we both got our, our AAs with accounting, but really that was, you know, it's like, what really did I need an intro to philosophy to become an accountant? But, you know, you take the class because you, you need a humanities credit. Yeah. And, and it, some of it's interesting, but I'm, I'm just glad that my parents, I don't really care what anybody does personally. Yeah. Just do what you enjoy doing and work hard at it. And what I find is, is that oftentimes you don't really like necessarily what you wanted, what you thought you would, but once you get good enough at it, you enjoy it. So I, like, I love reading lawyer books and watching shows like that. I could have never handled the, the workload to become a lawyer, but I sure love watching it. And same thing with the doctor. But then you see a lot of those guys on the weekends, they're out working with their hands and they kind of are, are kind of wishing that they weren't in an office and high pressure and things. So I don't, there's just, as far as the, the trades go now, how do you get kids in high school to see that as more than just sweating in the sun or working in the mud in the winter? And I don't know how you do that. I like well, the idea of more women in the trades because they yes. bring a very unique perspective, but Absolutely. a lot of the guys in the trades, I don't think I'd want my daughter or my sister working around. So there's still a lot, well, there's a lot of big issues there that still need to be tackled, but I love seeing some of these apprenticeships and young women going into the trades. You know, I follow them on Instagram and it's like, they've got so much moxie, they go for it. And it's like, that's good. Because when I look at, at, at some of the trades in Europe, there, there do seem to be more women or like Australia, New Zealand. There's, and, yeah, there's a ton. Yeah. And, but I also noticed that like, it seems like they have more respect for those things. The, everybody has kind of a uniform for their, like, I watch these British um, detective shows, and you see even guys working in, like, longshoremen and women, and they have kind of a uniform, and they look more professional. The police have a different look to them in Europe, and, you know, there's, I don't know. I would love to see more of that happen here, where I think if we treated ourselves with a little bit more respect, we used better language, we had good behavior on the job sites, then maybe more women would feel comfortable going into the trades because they know they're going to be treated properly. And if that's the case, then people aren't afraid to come onto the site, interact with the trades. Like it, it would just, once the respect level went up, I think more of us would, would be willing to do it and not feel like we were stepping down in life, so to speak. Well, and, that, and that's, and that's what it is. I mean, to be, to be a framer, uh, you know, my, my, my short suit is, uh, mathematics and and you know i still count with my finger I, I count all the lines on a on a ruler and but you know that is there's a lot of skill to what you do from angles to everything and and people need to realize that that we're you know just as skilled as, as, as something else and but knowing that you need to carry yourself with that degree of respect so yeah you're right yeah. you need to you need to respect yourself and what you do and you know I know that the uh, in the in the automotive industry we tried to change our name and I don't necessarily like it but I I kind of have to go along with it just because it's it's to bring the the trade up. We went from mechanics to automotive mm -hmm. technicians. Mm -hmm. And and I understand why we did it. I personally like being called a mechanic. It's just easier. You're not going to drop your car off at the automotive technicians. You're going to drop it off at the mechanic. However, I see where they were going, you know. Mm -hmm. We deal with computers, electronics, um, you know, circuit boards to, you know, very sensitive stuff. And so the days of just hitting it with a hammer and it working are long gone. And 
I think we're all as a trade trying to get over that stigma. And and you're right. You know, we're trying to re- weed out the bad eggs. And but with everything, everybody has. Yeah. Issues. Yep. It, you know. So, but uh, you're right. I love seeing females in the trade. It's awesome. They do bring a different dynamic. Uh, it, they're very good with their hands. I mean, Annabelle trades. I we did mm-hmm. a podcast with it, and and you know her. I'm like enthralled with with watching her on Instagram. Oh my goodness! And all the yeah. products or or all the projects she does. But not only just the projects, how she handles her day is actually the most impressive part. I can't organize my day in the way that she does. <laughs> You're right. So, so, but that's that's been pretty that's been pretty interesting. But you know, kind of moving along, I wanted to see um, what are you what are you doing a project or build or something you've been excited about, something you've done in the past that was super cool. I, I kind of want to. Kind of want to see what you've done that that is like above and beyond, or or something that you want to get into later. You know, when I was when I was really like on the forums every night, learning things from these guys. Every day was like kind of a new experience. Yeah. Like I'm going to try this, and we had an opportunity to build a circular set of stairs, and we did, and it was super cool. It was a lot of work, and or we're going to try this kind of roof, or somebody you know pre-cuts all the. Uh, rafters and hips and then gets up there and assembles it. And it was all these things I just didn't even know were possible. Now I just enjoy when things go smooth. Like it's, yeah. everything's become more complicated. Um, we, the, where we're building now, it takes almost two weeks to get an inspection as opposed to next day, which makes it much more difficult to schedule things like concrete or especially when the weather turns and you're just like, we don't know what the weather's going to be like in two weeks. But so it's things like that that just have made it a little bit more tedious so I just enjoy if I go out and I just clean up or sweep at the end of the day. I really find a, a lot of pleasure in that and just things going smooth. I don't even care what I'm doing. I just like when it's done and it's it went well. And we're just um, we keep our as a company we we try to all live fairly simply and not have tons of debt and you know just because we all want to go camping we don't all run out by campers and that would yeah. be my dream but. But we try to keep it pretty pretty simple so that we don't have to work too much. Like we, we still work full weeks, but we don't get um, – our, our non-work hours can be non-work. We can, we can take a drive around the state and go take pictures or we can spend time with the nieces and nephews or we can yeah. sit in the backyard and read a book or and just not be consumed with work. So we're as a company and, and the employees are all kind of the same way. It's just keep it. It's a means to an end, but we all really enjoy what we're doing. It's fun to operate an excavator or a forklift, and it's fun to lift a wall. And and so we just find joy in work, but then it's not the only thing in life. So, well, I mean that's a, that's a cool way of looking at it too. I mean, I, I've actually talked with a ton of people, and they, you know, it's been it's been this car they've been working on or whatever. And I think for you, you know, summing it up, it's. It's being able to essentially enjoy the downtime uh, or, or yeah. the simple things versus versus. I, I mean, your day is consumed by cool builds and projects, and the 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 more enticing thing is actually being able to enjoy life out of work. Because you're right, I do know a ton of guys that they're go 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 from six in the morning to nine o'clock at night, have broken homes and and mm-hmm. what have you, because they're chasing the dollar and they're making a pretty penny, but you know, at the end of the day, what's, what's life like, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that that you're right. I mean, that's a huge builder project in its own, in its own right. Well, yeah. Cause my parents just celebrated their, let's see, was it their 50th? It was, 
and we celebrated our 20th. Yeah. And my sister and brother-in-law, it was their 20th in August. And my brother and his wife, it was their 18th in June. So I, I was fortunate. Dad never, I mean, he, he worked evenings as, as the builder. He would be on site during the day and, and make phone calls and things at night. But it was never like, that's all he did. And yep. mom was a stay-at-home mom. And so all of us as a family are very close. And I, it, my brother, his little girl, Alice, is the cutest. I have never, and I know everybody says that, and they're, and they're all, it's all true. But I was even thinking, like, tonight, it's like, I have not gotten to see Alice in a week. I need to go over and see Alice. She's only two. And her little squeaky voice, and it's like, those are the moments that, yeah, work, and you could put more money in the bank, but I don't know. I'd rather just spend the time with the family. And, and we live in such a beautiful state in Washington. I, I tell you what, that's the project I would love. If if somebody would just start a GoFundMe page so that I could have enough money just to travel the country and take pictures, that would be my my thing. But getting out and seeing, we're, we're here in between the Olympic Mountains and the Cascades. And if we go over the Cascade Mountains in eastern Washington, it's very agricultural, which yeah. has its own beauty. And it's like in within about three or four hours, we can see all of it. And so it's just, I don't know, that that I guess that would be the cool project It's just Spending time with the family and heading out and seeing the wonders of creation. That's cool. That's cool. And, and, and uh, you know, a ton of respect to that. I, I mean, I think that the regular nine to five sometimes can't offer that. And I think that the, the trades are becoming a little bit more innovative. So, mm-hmm. you know, for, for some of the trades that are seasonal, I think it's good to make your twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars in a couple mm-hmm. of months and then be able to snowmobile for the winter or whatever. I think, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I think I think that you can make it work in in whatever you want to. So, you know, for somebody building their off time, I think that's great to try to figure out what your on time is gonna be. Interesting enough, I did watch one episode about your tool belt and, and I like to get into, you know, if I'm a new Framer coming into the industry, and mom and dad are going to get me a tool belt mm-hmm. and, and stock it up, or or I am, or whatever. Run me through some of the basic basic things that we want, whether it's a speed square or whether it's you know a nail puller. What what's what are, what are we going through on a, on your tool belt? You know, the joke is that anybody going into the trades carries way too much. Yeah, and so that guy will have everything you need to borrow. So as you get, <laughs> get older, the guy that trained me, I never could understand why he didn't really carry anything. Yeah, and it was like, but now as I've gotten older, it's like I don't need that stuff, and if, if I need to, I'll just keep it in a bucket, relatively close. Yeah. So I would say hammer, speed square, pencil, tape measure, nail puller. We pull a lot of nails. Yeah. And I make the joke that we really pull more nails using our hammer than we actually drive nails, since yeah. we use nail guns. And then I would say the, the construction calculator. I so that was interesting. Every- that was interesting. And, and I, you know, I, I haven't been in the building industry much. And for me, that was an interesting piece. The fact that you pulled out a, a calculator. I don't know how many framers out there have calculators on their tool mm-hmm. belt. So that was kind of an interesting, an interesting piece. I mean, why? Why do, why do you carry it? Um, so the guy that I learned from, he didn't. We had this little... Um, solar-powered scientific calculator if we needed yeah. to run any, like, square up a foundation as an example, you yeah. know, run a Pythagorean theorem, and uh, or, you know, there's ways around that. I just found that the construction calculator and working feet and inches, I don't want to, like, mentally, I don't want to divide things in half because if you get it wrong, it's going to go sideways and take so much time to fix. Yeah, Just use the calculator, working feet and inches for us, or metric if you're the rest of the world is <laughs> a little yeah, ahead of us right. by a century. But 
it, 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 it's, it, to me, it's a tool. So I'm not using a handsaw. I'm using a power saw. Right. And a calculator to me is the same. It's, it's my brain. I understand the guys that still like to run everything longhand so that they remember how to do it. The problem is, is that time is money, and if I can get that in four keystrokes, but it takes you three minutes to do it longhand, I kind of feel like that's a waste of time. I could do that stuff at home. The, yeah. the time, time is money on, on the site. You can't just charge a customer more so that you have the pleasure of doing division you know, longhand and then multiplying times sixteenths to get a rounded number. Well, the calculator... No, Go no, going to, no I, was, I was just saying when you were setting up your stairs, it was pretty interesting that the calculator actually sets your points for you for your rise and your run. And it yeah, was, and that's exactly where I was going is that because it, it keeps track of the accumulated error in the rounding is it's more accurate. And some guys say, oh, that's, you don't, don't worry about that big deal. And I agree with them. But depending on what you're doing, if you have 18 uh, risers and uh, treads and you're off a of 16, that's an inch and an eighth. Right. I didn't need to be off that much. And yes, but you got to account for pencil thickness and all that stuff as you, if you step them off like the old school and, and usually it doesn't matter and it just is not a big deal, but sometimes it does. And so the process I showed in that video is just, to me, it's very efficient. You're less likely to make mistakes, but you do have to pay the, the cost of the calculator. So, you know, once a year they get wet and die or we drive over <laughs> with the forklift and we have Amazon Prime, and it's here the next day. So yeah, yeah. No, so I, that's, it's just it's a power tool, I guess, is what no, I would say. No, and, and that's good. And I think I think for guys to to, especially in in this trade, to be able to understand mathematics and 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 how to run a calculator. I mean, hell, you can even use your phone now. You, you don't even necessarily yeah. even have a calculator. No, in fact, there's an app called BuildCalc for iPhone or iOS and Android that it is fantastic, but. The problem with using my smartphone is I don't see it as well in the sun, and yeah. I just prefer the, the calculator from um, the construction master from Calculated Industries because it's very tactile. I don't have a smaller screen; I can see it, um, and it's not so expensive. You know, it's like fifty or sixty bucks. That if I break one a year, it, it's totally worth it. <laughs> Whereas if I did the same thing by pulling my phone out every time I needed to divide or figure out a radius or something, I'm just increasing the likelihood that it's going to get damaged and. It's just not as rugged. Although so, it probably is, but it's just more <laughs> expensive and you don't want to, you just don't want to break it. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, when I was, uh, and, and I'm moving in a different direction right now for, for me, when I, when I started Instagram and started this podcast and, and doing what I'm doing currently, the reason why I did it was, as I was, I was kind of, I kind of hit a wall. I was in, in the doldrums, if you will, mm -hmm. about about my trade. I've been in it, whatever, fifteen plus years now. And talking with people in other trades, I realized that that's kind of the mark. Like you've yeah. learned, you've you've learned a lot, and, and now you you've kind of plateaued, and you're like, yep. what's next? And for me, the, the podcast, the Instagram, the 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 passing on the learning was a thing that changed my career. What has changed your career? Same. Yep. As you're saying that, it's like preaching to the choir. I um, the guy that taught me, he had a system that worked. It worked well, and it worked every time. Yeah. And it would kind of drive him nuts because I'd want to try all this new stuff. You know, I'm learning all this. You know, I didn't know that you could figure out split pitch roofs and all this stuff. And guys made it so easy for me to learn. It's like, oh, let's try it, Dave. And he was at that 15-year, 20-year point. Right. And now I'm exactly the same age that he was. And I feel the same way where I just kind of want to coast. But the social media side has kept it interesting where it's like, 
oh, somebody had a question on that and we're doing it tomorrow. I'll just put the camera up there. Or, you know, this is how I use my calculator for calculating stairs. I'll just clamp the GoPro to the end yeah. and show it. And it keeps it interesting. And it also, what we find is that when we do have those new guys, now we've got a video record where it's like, watch this on your off hours and it will put things into context and you'll you'll kind of get up to speed quicker. But I'm totally with you where it was like, I don't know, I'm getting a little stagnant. Right. And this just keeps it, I think it just kind of delays the inevitable. <laughs> we'll see what the next thing is that kind of puts a spring back in the step. But for sure, it's been the um, specifically yeah. Instagram. I'm doing YouTube just because it's longer form. And YouTube is so quick. Like, you know, I post a video today and by Friday, no one will remember it. It's hard to find. And and so it's very, um, very short attention span on Instagram. Yeah, but. I, and, and I know it's funny talking to a lot of people that have mixed beliefs on TikTok. And I'm not going to go into the the political yeah. side or, or the beliefs in it. But if you do, it was kind of a new eye opener for me because you're able to post. It, it's, it's kind of a little bit more creative because you, you got to post mm-hmm. in essentially 60 seconds. So, you know, what can you get out there in? It, it's your elevator pitch, if you will. Like, what can you get out there really quick if you're in front of somebody and you're like, I, I need to sell my product, you know? And mm-hmm. so how can you educate somebody very quickly? And it's become, wow, it's become this, this amazing platform, granted it's funny and there's a lot of other stuff on it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the majority of it, but it is funny to try to keep up with a lot of the, a lot of the different platforms. Because for me, you know, I, Facebook was the first, actually it was my space was the first. Oh one. yeah. You go way back. Nice. <laughs> but, then, but then it was, but then it was Facebook and Facebook was kind of the, the, the big meat and potatoes, but now it, it it's become stagnant. I mean, my parents are on it. Every and I'm and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I love you, mom and dad. I'm just saying that it, it's it's become more of a of a sewing circle, if you will. And, and and now with with Instagram, it's more informative and whatever. You have LinkedIn for if you want to put your resume out there and what have you. You have TikTok if you want to have a laugh. I mean, it, the the possibilities are endless. So trying to keep up with all that has been that. Yeah, I didn't want to do the TikTok thing, but there's a guy on. He, it's RR Buildings on Instagram, and yeah. Kyle is the nicest guy in person. Yeah, yeah. I've gotten a chance to meet him twice, and so at the International Builder Show in January down in Las Vegas, I was like, Kyle, is it worth it? And he goes, Do it because it's fresh, it's new, um, it's a little bit different. The algorithm works better, so your content's going to be seen by more people. Well, he's he's at about a million followers now. And last winter, he was just getting started, like October, November. Yeah. And he's a charismatic guy, and he's got a good thing going. Everybody loves Kyle. He's just a cool, cool guy. Yeah. But so anyway, I thought, okay, I'll try it. It's and I don't know what I'm up to now. Thirteen, fourteen thousand followers, and I don't really interact too much with it mm-hmm. because I didn't realize that they limit the comments. So if somebody asks me a question, I can't answer it without it bleeding into two or three comments. Yeah. So it's a whole different way of thinking. We'll see what happens with it. I'm not, um, I don't really want to run multiple platforms because it's too much to keep track of, you know? On the other hand, once you're into it this far, do you really just decide (laughs) to limit yourself to one? You know, because the thing is now is companies are finally starting to notice. I'm going to work with Home Depot on a a couple little projects. Um, Simpson Strong Tide, who makes a lot of the hardware that we use, Yep. They're they're big proponents of education, and so that's the companies that I've been looking for to work with. Is like you guys need to sponsor content, not because it's here by our saw, but it's no here's how to lay out that rafter. But it's sponsored by the company that manufactures the saw, but that's not the focus. 
and that way people continue learning. And I just don't know how that's going to work on TikTok. So we'll, well see. It's, it's funny for me because, you know, like I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to put that plug out there for the, mm-hmm. for the sponsorship, but you know, I'm, I'm speaking in real time. I was, uh, I'm a pneumatic guy. We're 100% pneumatic. And then all of a sudden things started to switch to this, you know, DeWalt was for me, for my shop. And, and I, I know it's different from everywhere. DeWalt seemed to be kind of the leader. They, they brought out this 12 volt, uh, lithium ion, uh, impact driver. And I was like, this is crap. You know, I got my, mm-hmm. I got my pneumatic stuff and it's great. But then as the technology got a little better, I was like, oh, well, all the guys in the shop got it. You know, and, and I, I started to find that things were a little bit better and better and better. Yeah. And now you're not dragging this greasy hose through somebody's car. You could do the, you can get all, everything in the dashboard out. Then all of a sudden Milwaukee jumped in and yeah. Milwaukee has just kind of run away. So I'm, I'm actually in a transitional phase. I have, I've invested in the DeWalt system clearly because that was, you know, came out early, but now you know, we have side ratchets, air ratchets. Well, they're not air ratchets, but the equivalent to an air mm-hmm. ratchet in, in Milwaukee. And DeWalt's not offering it. So now I have to switch systems. And I just recently bought a, a half-inch uh, Milwaukee uh, impact wrench because now everybody – you can go out in the parking lot and work on the car. But yeah. having to set up like 10,000 hoses to bring it oh, up. Oh, and they're small and lightweight. I mean, we're, we're completely cordless as a framing crew except for the pneumatic nail guns. Right. And we have one bean saw that we run off power. And if it wasn't for COVID, Scale Saw would have released it. They had it at World of Concrete last February. So okay. it's coming. And I was like, is this stuff going to be good enough to run framing tools all day long? It is. And I am yeah. telling you, you're safer without hoses and cords running all over the place. I mean, we have two hoses that we have to keep track of versus like two hoses and five cords. And it, it is unbelievable how that has changed things for us it's convenient it's cleaner it's safer it's ah it is so much i mean just using a saw to cut things and not having to tie off your cord and then the power trips every winter because i don't care how good you are your cord's going to have a nick somewhere (laughs) it's just yeah and i can see that for mechanics the stuff that um especially milwaukee seems to have come out with yeah it's this little stuff that you can get right in there and it's got a ton of torque and it's just amazing well, it, it, it's nicer because it, it also does, you know, as, as cars get, and, and I'm speaking from, from the cleaner side of things for, for somebody that had to, you know, essentially maintain your hose, make sure there's no grease on it because you're bringing it, you're literally bringing the hose in the car to work on the car. You got to be careful of all those things, not, uh-huh. not necessarily just your body, but, mm-hmm. but all the tools that you're bringing into the car, you got a saddle interior, all of a sudden you got a grease print somewhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> And I wouldn't be happy if it was my car. So just being able to to mind what's in your hand and only what's in your hand is a lot better than trying to figure out what trail of of. And then you're sitting there going, "Did I make that mark? Or was that mark there?" You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's it's almost like you're you're getting the information out there and selling the product at the same time. But as contractors and and tradesmen, we we kind of weed out the the good and the bad just by you know essentially sponsoring these companies, but it's, it's kind of funny. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's a little bit sad because, you know, everybody's an influencer on Instagram, whether Mm -hmm. they want to be called that or not. And it's all basically free advertising for these companies. Correct. Yeah. And it would be nice if they would not necessarily pay us to use the product, but if there's something that is edgy to me, if it's educational or informative, that should be the focus. 
But for me, like I, I, I've done some bad tool reviews in the past. And what we decided writing for the magazine was nobody really wants to read a bad tool review. The best thing you can do for a bad tool is just not give it any press at all. Correct. And so, yes, you get those guys that come across like a salesperson. But most of the time, people can tell it's authentic. It's like, I don't really care what brand impact wrench you're using. They're all getting so good that here's what I'm using it for. Now go buy yours on your platform. This isn't sponsored by DeWalt or Milwaukee or- Correct, or right, right, right. It's just like, here's the principle. Now, whatever battery platform you're on. And I feel like people on Instagram especially seem to, to be able to kind of weed that out. They don't really care the product you're using. They're more interested in how you're using it. And then they'll make their own decision. And well, so I know I don't, I don't really get any flack for a particular tool because we've got them all in the van, so- it's just well, whatever is convenient. I loved actually watching you do a tool review, whether it was supposed to be a tool review or just educating people on a new tool that has come out. Because that's there's a difference there too. But it was interesting to see that you did it and showed how to use the tool. It wasn't a still shot of like, hey, I got this awesome new tool. Go, go out and buy it. You actually allowed the person, the viewer, to make the decision for themselves on whether or not they wanted to buy this product basically by what you're doing with it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. And, and, and as a contractor, for the most part, people are educated enough that they're, they'll be able to say, Hey, you know what? That's useful. I don't have to bend over and put all these, uh, mm-hmm. these screws in the floor. I got this long extension. <laughs> this yeah. is going to be great. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I think that that's a, that's a crazy thing. So social media in general has become this whole, whole other animal of education tool sharing, um, just tips and tricks and even, even fun. I mean, I, I, yeah, what for I'm sure. Doing. So, and and um, it's created some relationships. It's not like yes. the old days where you were kind of concerned. You didn't really know who was on the other end because there wasn't no, there wasn't any video, but now like when we show, show up at these trade shows, you get to meet these people and there's none of the awkwardness of meeting for the very first time. You've watched their stories, you know, something about their life. And, and now you can just get down to either enjoying the interaction or learning. And it's, it, it really, you know, I understand that, yes, it's social media and that's kind of the point is to be social, but that can be a real positive, especially well, when, when it's not just an echo chamber and it's people that are just like you. Well, it's funny because now that I've jumped in and now that I've, I've expanded to, to try to reach people who, who do this on a daily basis, I've come into this, not circle, but it, uh, an, an upper level of people who genuinely care they're they're willing to spread the word and it was funny that you were talking about kyle at r&r builders i've actually been talking to him about doing a podcast with us mm-hmm. and we just haven't hit on the timing because it, you know it's very hard for busy people to to get down to it but he's been very nice and and everybody out there from a uh, influencer quote-unquote uh perspective has been hey you know what i'd love to come on the podcast i'd love to reach your listeners i'd love to spread the word and it's been it's been you know absolutely eye opening for me at at the at the sheer willingness to 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 bring people in and it and it's been un- unbelievable including you yourself I mean this has been this has been awesome so that network that I've learned is outside of the trade shows or outside of my small little market has been amazing yeah it, you know and what it's a nice counterbalance to is all the crazy stuff that's going on around us is that I don't know what Kyle is um 
I don't know what he is, if he's religious, not religious, if he's Republican, Democrat. I don't know anything other than he works hard. He's got a nice family, takes care of him. He's funny. And it's like you can have relationships with people even if you have wildly different opinions. Yeah. And and of course, that seems to be a little bit more rare anymore, especially when you watch the news and see how crazy everything is. But it's nice to just have a community that, you know, he's over there in the Midwest and then you communicate with guys in Canada or Europe or Australia. And all of a sudden, all of the borders are gone. And it's people, we're all just human. We all want to have families and have a somewhat successful life. Most of us aren't trying to become billionaires. We're just trying to provide for the family and, you know, enjoy life. And that's the common ground. And I'm just so shocked that you find that on Instagram. I never anticipated anything like that. Or Anne of All Trades. I mean, I wish that she was still living here north of Seattle. Her and Adam are awesome. <laughs> well, Go meet ironic- the donkeys. <laughs> ironically that you say that because as tradesmen, we operate without borders. I mean, there are mm-hmm. people that have the confines of whatever. But you talk to your – you know, I was talking with Ryan up at Powerline Podcast about uh, being a lineman. And he's like – you know, we're home to be home, but when we're out, we're out. We're in we're in Connecticut. We're in and they're from Canada. So they're they're you know, they're they're down in the Bahamas. They're they're wherever there's power outages. You know what I mean? I got I got buddies that I grew up with that work for Subway or McDonald's and all of a sudden they'll be drywalling for McDonald's you know, in Michigan and they come home for two weeks. So I think that us as tradespeople have are are able to essentially knock down the walls or borders or what what have you. I mean, I work beside a guy from Brazil and, you know, I'm constantly learning his culture as well as he's constantly learning ours. So it's funny that it's, it's almost humbling to be able to deal with different ethnicities and, 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 you know, genders or, or what have you and, Mm -hmm. and be able to just work beside and achieve a common goal. Yeah, no, I think that's, um, how boring would it be if everybody was just like you and me? Right? It's like, no, oh, that'd be awful. I think we've seen that in the movies where it's just like, no, that's very dystopian. I don't really care for that. More so color we, is better. You know, more yeah. vibrance is better. Absolutely. It makes you a better person. Yeah. Um, so what do you do outside of work? Um, like I mentioned, we're a religious family. So one of the things my wife and I do is we um, get to serve on kind of a maintenance crew. Um, since all of our kingdom halls and houses of worship, it's all financed through donated funds. We obviously yep. don't want to waste it by, you know, letting things fail. And so we're big into maintenance. So we do that. And then um, just the hobby side of it, we, we would love to do more traveling. I mean, we had all these plans this year. It was our 20th anniversary. We're going to meet some people from Instagram and um, drive through California and visit Yosemite and Joshua Tree. And so it's just stuff like that. Get out, go up to Mount Rainier, take pictures. Yep. Um, just yeah, I mean, just enjoy life. I mean, I'm already almost 43. And it's like everybody said it would go fast, and it is. It's like so, stop and smell the roses. <laughs> so as we wrap up the show, I always ask. I myself am a Chevy guy. Always been a Chevy guy. My parents are General Motors all their you know all their life. What is your daily driver, your company vehicle? You know, just kind of get a feel for what what you use as a work vehicle, or if you don't have a work vehicle, what your daily driver is. So for work, we've got a um, Mercedes Sprinter that we bought back in, man, I think it was 2015 now. Yeah. You know, the 14-foot high with the dualies, and um, man, I really do love working out of a, a van. And that thing, the, uh, it's a V6 diesel, which so we can tow foreign panels and things. But I love people who get right on my tail getting on the highway. And, and I go through the way station just to see, 
And with all the tools, I'm about 8,100 pounds. Yeah. And this thing pushes down the highway so fast that people will try to pass me on an on-ramp or something, and they can't. I mean, that motor just does its thing. Uh, it's been a great vehicle for us. And then as far as personally, um, we drive a Subaru Forester, and we just love the all-wheel drive because we can get up into the mountains. And my family has always been Toyota, so yeah. we broke from tradition by going with Subaru. But. <laughs> well, it was funny with the Mercedes. I mean, that went – that was a that was an interesting thing because it, it's it's for people out there that don't know and this is kind of bringing my mechanic side into it. So you have Mercedes Sprinter, but you also mm-hmm. have Freightliner. You have um, you know the Dodges did their Sprinter. So mm-hmm. all of that was kind of there was three different platforms, but that broke the mold from your E two fifty, your E three fifty, your you know G thirty five hundred, your Dodge Ram vans. I mean, those were, you know, your, your typical barn door in the back, barn door on the side, you know, and this gave you more space. I mean, now people are using them for campers and and what have you, but if you're in them, the, the space is unbelievable. Yeah, it is. When we were in Europe back in, um, what was that? 2009. I remember seeing when we were in Switzerland, um, I think was he a plumber, but it was a little Ford transit and it was the little, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, my father and I were and I were looking at it like, boy, that is genius. You know, he's he's probably a guy that goes out on service calls and doesn't need to have a huge rig. And then a buddy of mine, he's a carpet cleaner, and he needed to get rid of his Ford at like eight miles to the gallon. And I happened to read an article on Freightliner back in two thousand two or something. And I was like, John, you should look into it. Well, he's still driving that thing, and the the fuel savings were enough to pay for his car payment. Yeah, I mean, and so that, that was start seeing. It really was. And, and, you know, it was the diesel motor. And so we started to see more around. We had a, a friend who had the, the Dodge brand Sprinter when they were still together. Yep. And we we're like, okay, when we, our Chevy box van, it, when it was time to finally replace it, because we do carry a lot of tools. We needed, we were always over capacity and wearing out the brakes and blew the transmission at like 27,000 yeah. miles. And this has just been, you know, I just took it in for its, its B service. And then, of course, the recalls on the airbags. Yeah, but that's I think the second or third time in five years because we don't it, it's got 38,000 miles. So in five years, you can tell we're not traveling super far, but not having downtime like I had to. They had a part that was backordered, And so I had to. they gave me a little Mercedes mattress and I had to pull tools out because we were going to pour concrete on Monday. And this was on a Friday. And it was like, I don't even know where to begin pulling all the tools out of here because we use them all. Yeah, but there's so much room in those things. A 14 foot with a, I, it's just. It has been a great, and so whether you go with the, um, like our electrician drives the, the Dodge, I forget the name of that one. The Sprinter, yeah. I mean, no, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. It's the new one. Um, oh, what are those called? But anyway, some guys are driving the, the Ford oh, Transit. The, the pro, they're pro, pro Master? The Pro Master, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. He drives that, and so that style definitely has its place in the trades. Yes. And it's, it's funny because, you know, with the, with the big box trucks and I know a lot of guys still have them, so I'm not, I'm not shitting on those guys at mm-hmm. all, but they're the least, they're the least aerodynamic. They're trying to drive, you know, we were getting up there with the, with the six O's and the five fours and they're just guys are complaining that they're going through so much gas with the V eights. And then all of a sudden you got Ford that comes out. So our, we, we did it. We did, we got a company that has, does alarm systems. So they're like, there are many electricians. If there are alarm guys out there that are listening, I didn't mean that in a negative light. <laughs> it, it, it just seems like they carry less equipment than, than yeah. electricians. 
And they're running the transit, like you said, the smaller transit connects with the, you know, with the four cylinder front wheel drive. So now you go from rear wheel drive, which sucked in the snow with the V8 to now you got a front wheel drive, which is a little bit better four cylinder and you're carrying the same amount of equipment. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, they definitely, and I, I think that's definitely a European model to be, to, or a European yeah. um, influence, if you will, because you go over to Europe and like you said, you know, it's, it's a way it's different. They're less clunky and, and more yeah. efficient. Well, and you like in the trades, especially residential construction, everybody has to have that that giant truck that's lifted. It's the extra cab <laughs> diesel that's like thirty feet long. We we did a built a house for a guy. We had to lengthen the garage for his truck, and then of course he never parked inside. And it was like, I mean, literally his truck I think was twenty four feet long. Wow! But this Sprinter, I, in fact, I just looked it up. The Sprinter was like forty eight thousand for the fourteen foot. It's the heavier duty with the dualies and we put some um, put some shelving in it. Yep. So it's a fifty thousand dollar van that is safe because there's no windows for people to even see what's inside. And then I look at these guys that've got a seventy or eighty thousand dollar truck and they pull a trailer with all their tools. And I think some of it is an ego thing. Some of it can be like I know down where we vacation in Central Oregon, you can't drive around in the snow without those big trucks. Right. But here, you definitely don't need them for the weather. And they're not functional. You need a ladder to get into them. And so we just always found that the van just worked better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, it's good to hear what, what you're going through. I mean, for, it's informational for somebody. You know, I, I, a lot of people out there still driving around, you know, trailering things. I mean, that's another thing. Is it, yeah. You could, you could potentially get away from a trailer not having to worry about storing it or, or what yep. have you. But everybody has their reasons. So, you know, thanks for diving into that. At this point, I, as we wrap up the show, I, I just want to, A, thank you for being on here and, and you know, going through a day and the life of a framer. But I, I wanted to take some time for you to be able to touch on anything that we haven't touched on, give a shout out to anything, talk about, you know, anything that's yours or, or you're affiliated with. And, and now's your chance to take the stage. I find that every time I do a podcast or I do like a webinar, they're like, give us your background. And it's basically two sentences. And it's like, <laughs> I don't, you know, like for me, Instagram is not about blowing my own horn or tooting my own horn or, or something right, like right. that. It's just simply to pass information on. Yep. So I write for the Journal of Light Construction, which is a great trade magazine, fine home building. Otherwise, I don't really have anything to say or plug or it's, I just appreciate you taking the time and inviting me on. It's always oh, kind of fun to do these. Once again, Tim, thanks thanks for being on the show. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you, and, and I hope our listeners feel the same way. Thank you so much for having me. All right, bud. <laughs>